1: Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee, and time supply. See McDonald's.com.
0: Actually, on Monday, it's not going to be <laughs> Dean Holden, yeah? So, you know, there we go. But it's midday. It's uh, Saturday, the 8th of August. It should have been the start of the football season today, if I'm correct. Am I right? Would it have been the normal start of the season today, guys? I think so. Yep. Yeah. So here we are with the lads back in training on uh, Monday, having had two and a half weeks away. I don't know whether Naki Wells has been in the Bahamas and uh, he's going to go after going to have to go into quarantine for two weeks. But uh, the news has been dominated, as it has been by the last five weeks, of this tortuous process to find a replacement head coach for uh, Lee Johnson. Um, did it come as a shock? I'll go to Les first. Did it come as a shock, Les, oh. that Dino was announced as the man? Or it's not official, but it looks like it is. What are your, what are your thoughts on him being announced, first of all?
1: Well, Les. I mean, if you go back to... When this process started, Lansdowne went on TalkSport, didn't he? And he gave an insight into what he was looking for. And some yeah. of the quotes were, "What is it? Uh, time for a breath of fresh air?" Well, that hasn't happened because they haven't brought anyone in. Someone to take us to the yeah. next step. And then, yeah. you know, there's no evidence that Holden's got the ability to do that. And um, they seem to be basing this on popularity rather than track record. I mean, when he um, Wendy Johnson was sacked. I looked at the names of free agents as managers. You got like, was it Chris Hewitt McCarthy, Karanka, Clough, Hughes, and then obviously Pitson got sacked. Cowley yeah. became available, Paul Kirk. Then we were linked with Neil, Lowe, Robbins, who were in the job. And yeah, it well, so Ashton came out and said, we've had all these huge number of applicants and quality uh, people. And we've ended up hiring a guy whose only record as a manager is getting sacked from Oldham. Uh, yeah, so, no, that's uh,
0: good. So that's so so that's ju- your that, that's your take on the situation at the moment. I mean, well, uh, my, my my yeah. my,
1: my, my, t- my take is that something's either gone horribly wrong during this process, or they're employing someone who's cheap and a yes man, and I think it's probably a combination of all three.
0: No, I think you're right. I mean, Dave, what's your view? You take, and I'm coming around to your way of thinking, uh, Dave Febbs, I'm coming around to your way of thinking that. um you know, you've know, got to feel sorry for Dean Holden because he's like, the, he's like the guy who thinks, I'm going to strike for the top job. And for whatever reason, he's got it. And he shouldn't be the one who's feeling our wrath, should he? Dave Fevs?
2: No, not, not, not at all. Um, I, I kind of feel I'm a bit of a, a minority on, on Twitter over the last uh, 10, 12 hours in terms of being comfortable if if Dean is is the manager. He's not my number one choice, nor number two, and probably some numbers lower than that, you know. But, uh, you know, I think Les is is right. Something has gone wrong in the recruitment process that's got us to a point five weeks on that Dean Holden is now going to be appointed. Um, Nothing against Dean, as I say. I'm pretty comfortable that he's going to get given the opportunity. I'd, I'd like to understand why... Hewitt and Cook as the two we you know were pretty confident had interviews. Why those didn't materialise, um, and also what about the other global range of applicants that we've had that are deemed to be not worthy of an interview, but but deemed was. And, and I think that's kind of that's the downside of it. That the, there are some upsides to it as well if we yeah. just think about. Yeah. Let's trip. come on to those yeah. in a minute yeah. Yeah, or okay. later, yeah, because yeah,
0: yeah. we, we, we want to do... P- Peter up in up uh, up in uh, up in Reading, or Tyler's, Tyler's Red, Peter. Um, are you surprised at the outcome? I mean, I think they've made a rod for their own back by, as Les said at the beginning, what Lansdowne and Ashton said. Uh, I mean, as I quote Ashton, we felt we were going to make a change. We start now, bringing a breath of fresh air into the club everyone was on a downer at that point and anybody coming in gets plenty of time for the new season. (laughs) But Peter, you know, this, this isn't the outcome we expected, is it?
3: Guys, 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 where do I start? Uh, last podcast one thing i made absolutely sure was key was management of expectations that is the yeah, that is the the nugget yep. the, the the lodestone that makes sure that we end up with a recruitment process that's successful we have continuing progress and we end up with a very happy fan base now clearly that last element of a happy fan base has not matured but however let's go back and analyze this in detail let's let's do the forensics here what do we know that's actually happened, that's really been reported? Very little. It's all been speculation. It's all been agents' noise. It's all been people trying to make up a story for clickbait. And then you've heard the Herberts on Twitter going into some sort of meltdown that I think is completely inappropriate. So what do we really know? Steve Lansdowne has come out and said, we want a breath of fresh air. Well, in other words, he's, what he's alluding to is things were getting a bit stale. You've got Dean Holden, yeah. who is a you know, a bright up-and-coming coach. And let's face it, some of us God, have a memory. So, hello, Ian. How are you? Um, <laughs> he's there. Uh, Ian gets his turn in a minute. Yeah, right he's there. Yeah, he, he <laughs> does. But on. if you look at it, when when we when we made our most important recruitment in the last forty or fifty years, which is always going to be beyond the remit and scope and Twitter keyboard for a lot of people. However, Alan Dix came here well recommended by Jimmy Hill. He came here with absolutely no track record. He didn't have a win rate. He came here and he welded together uh, some some Scots, some Bristol boys, and he turned it into quite a successful team. And you know, I think we have to be quite clear in the, pre- in the, for- in the since then, um, we haven't had a manager that's been so successful that he's been seduced away to you know high planes, so to speak. No manager has ever moved on to a more successful or higher priority job than at City. So hey, hold on. Let's just see what Dean um, Morgan can do. Yeah,
0: I, I, I hear what you say there, Pete. Come, yeah, sorry to interrupt there, because we've got like, a real load of people. Yeah, appreciate that. Just pick up what you said about manager being hijacked. Probably the last manager that left here, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong here, the last manager that left here for a bigger thing was Jordan. That's right. Let me bring uh, Mark in, then I'll come on to uh, Ian. But Mark, um, you know, this... It's, you know, you 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 put forward a balanced view a lot of the time. Uh, surprisingly, um, Mark, uh, was this a surprise to you the way it's all panned out? And as a couple have said earlier, it, it's gone wrong somewhere. What's your view, Mark?
4: No, it's it's not a surprise, and, and it, it's what concerned me when we knew that Chris Hutton was applying for the job was that, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast was he going to be prepared to work under the possible constraints put down by Mark Ashton? And logically it seems he, he can uh, and won't because Mark Ashton has, it seems like the final say on transfers and Chris Houghton isn't uh, prepared to work under that regime. So where, you know, we are where we are probably the same for Paul Cook and, and any other manager. If, if, as reported, Dean Holden is waiting waiting to make a decision uh, over the weekend and he doesn't take it, who are they going to appoint then? The tea lady? I mean, uh, it, it's just absolutely crazy, really, the situation we're in with the guy that's been offered the role, supposedly, and it is all supposedly, because we've only got the word of Gregor McGregor and Sky Sports and all the other websites are just taking their lead from him, that he's been offered the job. So I think it's a very Bristol City thing lots of talk, and no action. It's just, there's a word for it that rhymes with it, but I won't say it on this podcast.
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. Ian, um, we started off with Steve Gerrard. I think that was shooting for the stun, when we hope we go for, well, shooting for the stars, when, you know, we'd be happy with us. Um, We then went to Chris Hewton, which was the popular choice. I think he got an interview. That's one thing we do know. Then we sort of slipped on to the likes of, Paul Cook and Alex Neal, yeah, which I think most people would be happy with. Then it was, you've got other names that I'm not even going to mention. And we've ended up with Dean Holden. For Christ's sake, you know, what has happened? And I've come back to Mark's point a moment ago, right? Is it that this structure, people are saying, well, I want to bring my own man in, yeah, or men, yeah? And, and Houghton, that would have been Trollope and Calderwood. Yeah. What, what's your view, uh, Ian, just on that, how we've gone from Gerard, international player, you yeah, know, Liverpool, all that's attributed him, down to Dean Holden, which was a, a League 1, League 2 journeyman with no track record as a manager.
5: Well, it's austerity. Um, there was never any intention. I mean, one minute, look, you, you, you can, in any recruitment process go from rumoured 60 grand a week, come and play for us, come and manage us, et cetera, et cetera, to Dean Holden. That can't happen in any recruitment yeah. process. It's like starting off trying to employ a, a CEO, and then you get uh, you finish up employing um, a supervisor from the post room. Yeah. That can't yeah. happen. So Gerard's people, and you've got to be really important to have people uh, have said that there was no approach, there was never a conversation, and Gerard wouldn't be interested anyway. So, I mean, if you look at how long would that take? So that would take. That's a phone call. It don't take any longer than that. Yeah. You know, is, is you know, you're Stephen Gerard's agent. Are you interested? Yeah. Um, you either are, or you aren't. If the guy says, well, it, it depends. Well, yeah, there's uh, thirty million to spend, and we're going to pay you sixty thousand a week oh, well, yeah. I might be interested, then you go and have a meeting. But you sort all that out before you have an interview. you never had an interview, so he's never really interested. Um, all yeah. the other names have, have come out through uh, the media, Gregor. Neil's got a £3 million buyout clause, so I never thought it'd be him. Yeah. Um, and my my view is that – and and I get a little bit – Tired. I'm no fan of Mark Ashton and he came to us uh, with a very checkered pass, to say the least. But why is Steve Lansdowne escaping with no criticism or scot free? I don't think well,
0: that's a good point. You. That's a good, that's a good point. Let me go back to, uh, I'm trying to do this in rotation and give everybody uh, yeah, yeah, a fair shout here. Let's go back, let's go back to, uh, to you, Les, who started off. I mean, I'm quoting Steve Lansdowne on Talk Sport. You know, like, if you've got to do anything, shut up say nothing and they've said nothing there's been nothing coming from the club now for four weeks and this is quote from TalkSport when he came on about the 6th of July um, I've been here for a while we've got a lot of good applicants John Lansdown and Mark Ashton are sifting through those at the moment we have a particular type of person we want to come in there's been a lot of good work done here by Lee we don't want to lose that someone has to come in and build on it the aim is to get us into the Premier League as soon as we can I'm very sad I've known him for a long, long time as a player. Uh, he explained we work closely together. We're in a situation when Leah's done an awful lot of good work at the club in developing the pathway from the academy, fine-tuning our recruitment process. When it comes to the crunch, he hasn't got us over the line. Les, what can be if we're if Ian to put the blame at Steve Lansdowne's door? Yeah, what is he do? Is he so naive that he doesn't understand that? you know, the higher you go up the football spectrum, these managers, they want to do things their
1: own way. How, how, would you, would you ag- agree with that view? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's not just that one uh, interview he did. It's the last few years. It's all about mm. progression, isn't it? And the aim has always been, from Mark H and Stephen Lansdowne, that we want to be a Premier League side. Now, the problem with the Holden appointment is that like, he has got no track record of managing in this league. And I think the reason that they've gone for him and the reason why he has renegated on that statement is because of the power that these top managers want. And yeah. that power then well, challenges Mark Ashton and challenges Steve Lansdowne. Yeah. I think Lansdowne is a control freak. And I think Ashton is very wary of his own position and they're yeah. not prepared to put their... Power at risk, and when you go for a Houghton, when you go for a Gerrard, these people come with a big with following. baggage. Yeah, they come yeah. with a bit of baggage, but you know, unfortunately, you need to accept that if you want to get a top manager in. And yeah. clearly, Lansdowne and Ashton don't want that to happen. I mean, just to finish off, I don't think there is any justification for Mark Holden being in this job. I think no. the likes of Paul Cook would have snapped the hands off to manage at Bristol City yeah. and interviewed them. With- highlighted a week ago. So I think it's about power and I think it's about control and they don't want that challenged.
0: No, I think I think you're right. Let's come come on to uh, to, to Fev's this business about uh, people wanting their own staff to come in, and we've had this discussion before. But you know, Copple was the last big name managerial signing, and when he was at Reading, he wasn't on the training ground every day. He had Wally Downs, the crazy gang with the guy in the tracksuit. He had Nicky Hammond doing the transfers, right? So he had, and that's when Reading were at their most successful when he when he was there. Fevs, I mean, do you, do you think this is the fundamental issue of people not accepting the structure and Mark Ashton having too
2: much power? I don't know who's got a phone going there, but it's gone there. But Fevs, to you first. Yeah, is it the structure? Two, two bits of that, Dave. I think I think you're right. I think when, when we talk about structure and model, I think we're talking about two main things. One, their staff setup and whether you know they're allowed to bring who they want in with them. And then I think there's the other bit, which is the structure within, we know, and then the the command and control into the board. And I think, you know, everything we hear is that the board, and in particular Mark Ashton as head of recruitment as well, wants to control recruitment. And I don't think you go out to a manager like Chris Hewton with his experience and say, well, yeah, we know you've done all that at Brighton and at uh, Newcastle, and you've had you know good times at Birmingham and Norwich as well. But we want you to work our way. I, th- I think I said weeks ago when I first joined these podcasts that the club would need to. to it'd have to be a bit of give and take here. Yeah, and, and the, you know, the, the stories we're hearing are that there's been there's been no no give at all, and it's all that the the new appointment Needs to needs to take what we're throwing at them. And I think yeah. that's where it's falling down. And I think, you know, just, just to go on, on a little bit further on that, if you get to get to interview, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've, you've probably done loads more than I have, but I've done a fair bit of interviewing over the years. You get to that point at the, at the end of an interview where you've interviewed them, you've asked all your questions, and you say... Um, if you've got any questions back for us, and you know, in in, in the kind of junior levels, you get, oh, is there, is there a staff car park? You know, can I work from home occasionally? You ask that question to Chris Hewton, He's probably got a list of lots of questions saying, what do we do about this? What what if I want this? What if I want that? Etc. And I would imagine if it's Mark Ashton and John Lansdowne interviewing they're probably not experienced against so that challenge coming back back to them. And I, I don't want to mention this guy's name on the forum, but Ian Holloway actually said when he went down to Plymouth that he ended up interviewing their board, not the other way around. Because he said, if you want me, here's all, the, here's all my demands. And, and I think that's the kind of approach someone like a Chris Hewton would have, would have taken. And I think it would have been a bit of a shock to, to our guys. And I think they'd have been rabbits in the headlights. And, yeah, and, and I think overall, overall the by the candidate.
0: I mean, let me come on to you, uh, Peter. Peter, uh, football recruitment isn't really like uh, normal uh, recruitment because if you go out and you recruit a sales director for Company X, you've got his CV, you've got his LinkedIn profile, there might be a view that's come af- away from a few trade conferences. But until you get him in front of you, you really don't know that much about him. Whereas football, right, it's all there. It's on Wikipedia, win rates. Yeah, if they've had anything going on. In their private lives, outside of that, that's going to be on the press somewhere. Yeah, I mean, this process, as I think Les said earlier, you know, when when you start it, you know, you have an objective, which is we want somebody to get us into the Premier League as soon as you can. It's quite a small field to go for, isn't it? And their expectations, as as uh, I think somebody else said, it's just done on a phone call. You just phone them up. Yeah, what? This this isn't normal recruitment, is it, uh, Peter?
3: No, you're quite right. And, uh, and one of the things that was uh, sort of circulating in my mind, and I did, did appreciate Les's comments. Yeah, there's some, some a ring, a, a ring, a resonation there is that interesting teen Holden would probably have gone in there and said look you've spent all this money on players you haven't spent that unwisely of course which <laughs> would which would play to his audience and he'd say but you know they haven't really been singing the right tune have you but however i know them very well and yeah. can get out of your investment a very good tune and that would have resonated that's the that's the insiders view of how he maximizes his potential and you're quite right it it is probable if you looked at Houghton if you looked at gerard and the other elements there they've got so much quote baggage but they've also got a huge amount of power within the industry because they are they have had success and that must have been uh, in retrospect thinking about it quite a nervous thing for a people who know what they want to do have got a plan in place but can see that being destabilized
0: yeah mark on the, I, I described uh, in one of my threads uh, replies to a thread on oTib I described uh, Mark Ashton as uh, a little bit of a svengali figure on all this because he is their football expert as uh, I think Mark alluded uh, Ian alluded to a moment ago you know if you look at Mark Ashton's track record particularly at Watford and uh, Wickham and places like that you know it's you know it, it's it's not question. Well, that's not the right word. But is he? Are, you've got the naivety of John Lansdowne yeah, and Steve over in Guernsey. Do you think Ashton does have
4: too much power now, Mark? Would you say that they're relying on him? Yeah, I, w- I would say so. And there can't have been a proper process uh, for, for, for this recruitment because there's there's obviously a rigid structure at City where Mark Ashton, you know, uh, makes the final decision or lead decision on transfers, whatever Lee Johnson said during his tenure. And why wasn't that established when they were screening candidates? Um, And uh, they must have made Hewton interested enough to apply for the job and his agent must have asked some leading questions about, you know, how much control he would have in, in transfers what his budget would be they would have established salary all of those easy questions to answer ticking those boxes why would he go for an interview for a job and to make it to, to make the club and make him an offer he was going to refuse and the others I mean look at look at Dean Holden he's the bloke at the bottom of the list because there isn't anybody else if you look at all of this logically there's a rigid yeah. structure in place in city. I don't know any of other many other clubs that are run similarly. Maybe Swansea, uh, maybe Brentford. I can't think think of many. But why would those would those agents send their candidates to interviews for a job unless they were given the impression that they would have some say in transfers or would have more power? It's it's just a huge and utter cock up, and that's why we're yep. where we are after five weeks—a total waste of time. Ian, let's, uh, let's pick up on the, the
0: points you, you, I think you said in the last piece that you said you used the word austerity, yeah? Let's talk about first, though, Steve Gerrard. Steve Gerrard probably would have been more expensive than Hewton. And this business about networking and knowing who to. Steve Gerrard is represented by, I think, it's Wasserman Group, who are the main agents that are... Mark Ashton seems to use. I've seen that documented somewhere. So, you know, why didn't Gerard come out at the very start and say, I'm not interested? Because he let that thread run for a good 10 days. We thought he was going to be in it. And then, austerity, if Steve Gerard was going to cost them, uh, I don't know, 40 grand a week in wages, Lee Johnson was probably on 15 grand a week. I wouldn't mind betting that like, Dean Holden is probably going to cost them what, 150 grand a year, which is three grand a week, because I bet he wasn't on much more than that. So, you know, we've gone from Gerard to Holden. Yeah. Do you you, you just expand on your thing about austerity and this seemingly naivety in the process of talking to agents and stuff like that? Because it is a closed market of potential candidates when you look at it.
5: Finish? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Speak, Go. Ten, Right, we know what Lee Johnson was on because it, it was reported when him and uh, he and Mark Ashton took pay cuts. So Lee was on half a million a year, which is 10 grand a week, near enough. Yeah. yeah? yeah. So if they wanted Gerard and a figure of 60,000 was quoted in various news outlets, but that could be complete bull, that's 3.12 million a year. So I don't think... That Hutton would have been that expensive. I think he'd have probably been about a mil based on his his background and what he's earned before. You've got a rugby coach down there on who I'm told is the highest paid rugby coach in the world on eight hundred thousand a year, and the rugby club are signing England internationals like Carl Sinclair. Okay, so and they're not cheap. And they're coming in from clubs like Saracens, who obviously just been relegated for irregularities or whatever. We won't get into that. So it seems to me that the austerity is only being applied to football. Um, and that is not going to go down well with um, a lot of fans. And uh, we've seen the bed sheets out this week. The austerity side of it, I think they'll let the players' contracts run down in terms of the main ones out of contract in a year's time are Jiju, um Eliason and um, Baker. Baker. Yeah. So I think they'll either uh, they've either got to sell them now. If they wait till Christmas, though, it will be a fire sale; they get nothing. So they've either got to sell them now, and when I say now, I mean in the next month, oh. or they've got to say, well. If they can keep us up, we'll we'll stay with them as players. Because if we sell Ziju for five or six million, you probably won't get anything like as good a player. So I think we're in a really, really bad place and we've been allowed to get there by sloppy management. And by management yeah. and leadership, I'm talking Steve Lansdowne, John Lansdowne, Mark Ashton and Lee Johnson. Because these contracts yeah. have been sorted out a long time ago. And if the players weren't going to sign... And you know my view on contracts. You say to the player and his agent, "That's the best contract we can offer you. Are you going to sign it?" Well, we want two months to think about it. No, you can have a week. If you're not, if you are not sign that in a week's time, you're going on the transfer list. And Mr. Agent, yeah, you find him another club. And this is how much we want. Yeah, and, I mean, and, look, and we... if you don't, if you don't do that, you. You finish up where we are now. Can I come on to director of football because that's come up a few times. Let me come, let have... me come on to that in a
0: minute and come back to that. In a right. minute. right, let's look at we because we've slaughtered the process, right? The process that they've gone through stinks. We are where we are. I come back to Les. You know, everybody when it looked like we weren't going to get Gerard, Gregor seemed to be coming almost like a little Pravda mouthpiece for the club where. <laughs> <laughs> trying to justify who, why, why Dean Holden should get the role. He's done a fine job. Les, Dean Holden, to me, he re- really didn't do that much in those last games that he had in charge. To even make you think he was massively credible. Yeah, well, not one. That mm-hmm. Let me say he was credible because we beat the whole side two-one, that then lost their next game eight-nil. And yes, we got a result at Middlesbrough. That was what we did. But the rest of it, yeah. the last, last mm. three games, I was saying, oh, my Lord. You know, it was more fun watching the bloody Petunias, yeah. bro. But
1: Les, I'm, I'm, did, I'm, he,
0: yeah. did he convince you that he was even worthy of getting a place on the long list? Never mind the bloody yeah. short list.
1: I'm really glad that you just mentioned that because my feeling was that the five games he had in charge, we were pretty average. I yeah. thought against Middlesbrough, I thought we were excellent when we beat them 3-1. Apart from that, we scraped past Hull and then I think we got a draw against Stoke when they dominated us in spells and then we lost to Swansea. So I saw absolutely nothing in that five-game period to suggest that he was the right man going forward. And again, one thing that's come up a few times is, you know, the players like him. Well, I'm not sure like is the word you want from a management team and their players. What you want is respect. And someone like Hewton, someone like oh, Gerard, I know these are all big names, but they will instantly get that respect. And I'm concerned this is going to be another Millen appointment. might start off well, and then it will drop down. So I thought in the five games where he was in charge, I thought he did an average job, and I saw nothing in that period of time, apart from the Middlesbrough game, to suggest he was the right man for this yeah. uh, job. And I, thought, I just thought, just to finish off that, I always thought they were going to give him an interview, uh, almost for his, his own professional development like a lot of jobs I'll give an people interviews just to give them a bit of experience and a bit of knowledge for when they do move on. Not in a million years do I think he was ever going to be employed as the manager. Good, so, good point about giving the him process. the interview.
0: Yeah. Giving him the interview and including him on there. I mean, what, you know, we're looking back now, Dave Febbs, looking back, there was. I, I wasn't. You know, the Middlesbrough game was good. Um, it was good to get one over on Warnock, but it wasn't convincing. And the last, um, the last, um, what was it? The last three games of that five-game sequence he had, it was not great. We didn't look on it, and maybe that was because they were on the beach because they knew
2: the chance had gone. But did he do enough in your eyes? Um I guess you'd have to quantify. Did he do enough? And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. Disagree too much with what Les says there in terms of where he would be in the in the pecking order here. But I'm probably the the, the odd one out here. I actually saw lots of things that I was in, I probably put on Twitter last night. I was excited. Perhaps that was that's too strong a word. I I'll perhaps should say there were lots of things that I I saw that I was encouraged by in those five games. Mm. Um, you know, I got a huge long list of, of things here. You know, but oh, tell, tell us, tell, tell us what you. Tell like, us what I, you I mean. got okay. Let's, let's just say I, I think he turned around at the fact that we were nine games without a win. We were pretty low at that at that point. You know, going absolutely nowhere. And I think we, you know, we we changed the mood in the camp. I I don't care about whether players like him or not. I think you, you you're right. It, it's got to be about about respect. Um, and and I think he probably has got respect. Um, I like that. Um, he did things like, he put some coaches in the stand, he used Ashley Williams and he used Brian Tinian up there in the stand to get a different perspective on things, Johnson talked about, oh I wish I could do this, he never bloody did it, Holden went and did it, he kept the same system one of my biggest criticisms of Johnson was the constant flip-flopping of back three to back four and then back to back three, either at the start of games, during games or you know between games, And so that that was a, a positive for me I thought players were flexible in that system. So before, I'd often thought that we had an unbalanced squad because certain players could only play in certain systems or could only play with certain players, you know, let's quote, Palmer can only play with a phobie, can only play in a three-man midfield. Eliasson can only play if we got if we got winners. We picked a single system and we managed to actually, within some of the substitutions, flex that. Yeah, let's let's maybe not worry too much about the 3-0-7 formation, as I saw someone call it against Swansea when he went <laughs> gung gun ho He left out players that I thought shouldn't have been playing, like O'Dowder. He played players that I thought should be playing, like Benkovic and Patterson. Um, he, he he gave you oh yeah. Some, Someone started their their
4: that? <laughs> um, there's a guy drilling across the road for me. I Apologies. I shut I shut my window. <laughs> um, Sorry. I Dave, you, carry on. Yeah, I thought it gave you for a chance
2: in, in Zach Viner and showed that there, you know there's a, a player in there. Whether he's good enough or not yet, let's just wait and see. But it was encouraging. I saw patterns of play that i have not seen for months and months and months. I saw balls go into a front player, laid off with a third man running. I haven't seen any of that from from Johnson for a long time. We talked about, and I've seen it all over Twitter, well, you know, we just proved that our midfield's not good enough because we played Vyman and Patterson in there. One of the biggest criticisms we've had over the past 2 straight three seasons is not enough end product from our midfielders apart from Brownhill. And yet, in those five games, Vyman got four assists of, you know, tenuous some of them. But Patterson got two goals and an assist. And actually, yeah. they joined the play up pretty well. So you know, there were things to work on. It wasn't perfect, Carl oh, You know, it wasn't brilliant, but
0: it well, was. It, an was it was. It, on it was comparing it against a very, lo- a very low bar, Dave, wasn't it? I mean, Peter,
2: did you? Sorry, finish, Dave. Sorry, finish. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to kind of finally add. It, you know, it, it was an improvement on what we had. In a condensed space of time, with little time to work on the training ground, and I, I thought it was enough to to give me some encouragement. That if you get him, in, you know, a group of players at the start of a transfer window, and a, he could do okay. I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but we, so are,
0: we are, we are, yeah. And you, you've made a, you've made a good case. As I saw your comments on uh, OTIB and uh, I, I agree with him to a point. I mean, Peter, um, you know, with. If you look at the two that were in, it was very definite that, um, and we come on to Jamie McAllister's departure in the next round of questions, but it was very definite that it was Dean was in charge for that last nine games. Yeah. And, Mm. you know, realistically, we weren't going to turn it round. But do do, do you think he did enough that we could say, well, I don't think he did, but the managerial bounce was there. It was more of a, a flip flop, wasn't it?
3: Well, it was turbulent times to be fair. And let's go back. Remember, one little bit of brilliance from Lee Tomlin and Lee Johnson loses his job. So that's the that's the delicate balance and the spin that we're looking at. And so Dean Holden was thrust into this, much, I suspect, against his will. And, you know, I think he did, as Fev says, you know, he did an adequate job of building the confidence. So that's the first job of a coach, isn't it? Which is to get them started, get them motivated give them boundaries, set limits for what they can do, and also make sure you've got equal distribution of the uh, of the right to play for players who are shining. I can't disagree with much that uh, Feb says there. So I thought there was a little bit of an improvement, and I think that would have been encouraging. It was the soggy end of a season. And just to pull down one of the things that um, uh, Ian mentioned, austerity. We haven't seen the last of the impact of this coronavirus pandemic. No, well, that's something, to, to, it,
0: that's something again. That's something today we're going to come on it, to. I think it is it,
3: is. it is going to be absolutely catastrophic for a whole shedload of teams, and I think there's some rich pickings to be made by shrewd mm-hmm. business people. Yeah. Uh, what do you yeah. think,
0: Mark? Mark, your your turn next, Mark. I mean, did. did did he do enough in your eyes? Let's have a short answer from you so I can bring Ian in and then we get on to some other topics because there's some <coughs> other things to discuss around
4: this. But did he do enough in your eyes? No, n- not not at all. I mean, as much as you think a caretaker would do when he was going to hand over to a new manager. I mean, look, he, he did he did OK in uh, the first two games, although he struggled to win against Hull when they when they scored that uh, goal after we went 2-0 up uh, against... Uh, Middlesbrough, we played well on the counter attack after they peppered our goal with a lot of corners that looked like they were going to go ahead early. Uh, Jamie uh, Nucky Wells scored a great goal, and then we, well we, we were peppered the goal, and then Jamie Patterson got got the second, and we we sort of we didn't do a lot during the second half, but finally finished them off with with the third goal from Wells and the three assists from Viman. But yet again, we come to Stoke and. It's, you know, it was functional city again, unable to compete in midfield, The team were are a bit more physical than us, and that's where we fall down. We've fall, fallen down all season against the likes of the Blackburns and the Millwalls. When we look like we're starting a good run, there's a club like that who will put us back in our place. And yeah. the guy's just not qualified. Lee Johnson wasn't qualified for this job. Steve Lansdowne's doesn't hasn't got uh, a good track record for appointing managers. The last two good managers that he's appointed, uh, in my opinion, are Gary Johnson and Steve Cotsrell. Steve and Steve yeah. Cotsrell mm-hmm. basically ran himself ran himself into the into the grounds to get himself the sack by playing the same players every week and faced off against the board and say, "Do it my way." And they said, "That's fine. We're going to sack you." And yeah. they brought in a guy that they said was their number one target, which sounded crazy. And now we've got a guy who's less qualified. The, no,
0: Lee Johnson good worked that good out. point yeah Ian um, coming to you again on that um, he, he, he didn't really he didn't really do enough it wasn't exciting stuff we'd have missed out by a couple of points and it was good football you'd say hey this guy's got a chance and oh we don't want to get drawn into uh, appointing the guy who did well in a short term but you know he's got the job now it would seem um, did he do enough
5: to deserve it? Not over the last uh, three or four years, no. And and that's how long Dean Holden's been with the City. He, he, he's not a, a new bloke that's come in. He's been there. So if he's a wonder coach, let's say, why um, hadn't he done it before? Now, it could be that Lee Johnson wouldn't let him. Uh-huh. Um, we we don't know what's happening. It could be, the, the strange thing for me, and I know we're going to come on to this, but if Dean Holden had to think about it, why do you go ahead and sack McAllister? Because if Holden comes back and says, do you know what, I don't want it, and then you have to sack him, yeah, you're left with no McAllister, no Holden, and no, well, no real coaches. My suspicion what? is that he was, he was told he can only have one assistant and went for Ashley Williams because he's a player coach. Um, mm. and, and we haven't heard anything more about Ashley Williams. We haven't heard about... Well, let's, let's, come on to, let's
0: come on to that. It's a good point. I mean, I think, you know, somebody to turn down a job doesn't mean... If Dean Holden turns it down, doesn't mean he has to leave. He's just sort of saying, look, guys, I've thought about it over the weekend. I don't want it. And I'll stay if you want me to, right? I was going to come on to, as we are now, Jamie McAllister being sacked. Jamie McAllister is very much Lee Johnson's man. When I saw that, that he'd been sacked yesterday, I thought maybe Lee is talking to other clubs and it's got out that he wants to bring McAllister with him. So they've lanced the boil straight away. Yeah. Um, Come to you now, Les, as we're doing. We're trying to do it in rotation. Um, You know, Jamie McAllister going... Ashley Williams coming in, I thought he'd never have anything to do with the club after he landed a Nottingham Forest player and got himself sent off off, when we still had a playoff chance then. So Ashley Williams coming in, would that be a good appointment? And I'll throw another name into the hat because, again, there's been a thread running on OT, which is quite a good one, Jobs for the Boys. What about Cole Skews coming back into the coaching setup, working Mm -hmm. there, and Ashley Williams not featuring because Ashley Williams... Even as a coach, he's probably going to be on the same money as Holden, if not more. So, what's your view on the setup? Holden plus Williams plus anybody else, or or, or what? What yeah. do you think, Les?
1: Uh, I think Ashley Williams being appointed as a coach would be a terrible decision. He's got no track record as a coach. He's just in the end of his footballing career, and we've got a manager who, of course, is the most inexperienced manager in the league now. So, you're telling me, Mark Holden and. Ashley Williams is going to help push this drive for Premier League football when neither of them have any track record whatsoever. So it's Dean, it's Alden, Dean Alden. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, Dean Alden. Yeah. Uh, but if they, uh, if they employ Holden, they're going to need to have some experience with him. I mean, I think is a bit like the sacrificial lamb that uh, Pemberton was when he went to save the mm. manager's skin. And uh, I think this is just another example of that, trying to deflect responsibility from the manager. To a smaller fish in the pond. So, if they are going to employ Holden, then, you know, they're going to need an experienced team around him. Otherwise, you know, this isn't two, three years ago establishing us. We've been told for the last three years we want Premier League football. Yeah. So, how does Ashley Williams as a coach meet that requirement? How does Cole Scoos meet that requirement? They don't. No. So, I just think it's a massive backward step if Williams joined and Scoos, and as I've made clear, Holden. But, If they go down that route, it wouldn't surprise me because, like everyone says, they have a track record of doing this.
0: No, they have. Dave, um, we uh, when I saw McAllister gone and Holden as as head coach, and you know, we're all thinking this all seems a bit like a bad dream. Do you think they might pull a rabbit out of the hat and announce a director of football? I think that unlikely because of the Mark Ashton situation. But a director of football coming in above Dean Holden, so you have Dof Dean Holden. And then uh, a another, yeah. Do you, do you, do you think that is a remote a possibility at all that the club are keeping something up their uh, sleeve,
2: or do you think it's going to be Ashley Williams? What's your view on the, the coaching setup? Yeah, I, don't, I think re- remote is probably the right word. I don't I don't think that will happen. I think back a couple of weeks ago, I said I think you could pacify this a little bit with if you kind of. Sold it to the fans that someone like Brian Tinian's coming in to have a much more heavily involved role in recruitment, rather than just loans, and almost be that bridge between the the head coach and, and Mark Ashton as the the head of recruitment. Got no idea what's happening there. Obviously Tinian's come off of, come off Twitter in in the in the last couple of days. Back back to Macca. Um mm-hmm. I was messaging someone late on, I think it's Thursday night, yeah, Thursday night, and saying kind of almost about that dynamic with Ashley Williams. So if you, if you if you look at Lee Johnson with Steve Lansdowne very, very keen to bring Maka back into the fold when Lee Johnson was appointed. It was almost let's get the old, let's get the band back together like like on Blues mm. Brothers and 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 you know let's get the old City Boys back together and we'll work from there. And I thought from Holden's point of view, if if you know the Williams rumor is true, I thought it was a, a pretty astute piece of thinking to get someone in that he feels he can trust. Let's not talk about his coaching qualities at at the moment let's get in one of my guys rather than have Someone like Macca and we don't know what happened in that dynamic between the three of them previously. You know, did Macca always side side with Lee Johnson? Did Dean he, he, you know fail to get his views across? We, we, we don't, mm, don't I would know.
0: say I would say you're probably right with that view, uh, Dave. To be honest, um, yeah. And I think and I was, it came. If you read the read the backstory, it came a bit as a surprise to Macca that he got binned yesterday because he was talking to one of the scouts on Friday morning, wasn't he? As if everything yeah, was, was normal.
2: Yeah. This almost kind of seems to be the the story or the the backstory out there that, that Maka's potential the leak inside the club, you know, obviously we'll we'll wait and see whether that plays out any further, Mm. but um, just going on to to Cole Skews, I think if Dean Holden's in in situ, he's got no background with Cole Skews, I I don't see why he'd want to bring him in, and for me that would be a Steve Lansdowne interference in terms of bringing back, you know, one of the Blues (laughs) Brothers band, and I think Cole Skews signed a new deal with Ipswich back in May as well, so I think that might just be a bit of a... That's not going to happen, that's paper
0: talk... Yeah, Peter. Um, Jamie Mack going. Um, he is Lee Johnson's right hand man. So, do you think they just got him out the door because you know he, he wasn't going to feature, and it creates a little bit of uh, slack in the uh, the salary budget? Are you surprised that he's
3: gone? No, not not really. Um, Peter, it's no, I haven't. Uh, I, I wasn't particularly surprised in that respect. I think there are some wholesale changes due. And um, although I'm, I'm, some a part of me says, look, Dean Holden is a sensible precaution quote for this season. It would appear that we seem to have uh, put on hold any uh, desire for Premiership football uh, in this particular season. If you look at the makeup of the league, uh, the play, uh, the teams that have come down, the teams that are going up, it looks relatively, if like, less volatile than last year's season. But yeah. again, I'll come back to the fact there is a global pandemic on anybody in the catering industry or the entertainment industry is absolutely going to suffer in ways that we don't even uh, can't even contemplate. And in essence, football is an entertainment business. So, you know, I know the fans aren't going to get back this, the, uh, for, for the beginning of next season. My suspicion is that you're not going to see attendances and therefore that revenue coming into the club um, for at least another season you know uh, this is this is and this is going to impact on the television revenues it's going to impact on the contracts it's going to impact on the money that's uh, going to be flowing around you know people just don't realize the size of the tsunami that's going to hit them so i can understand why getting rid of the oh, let's on, come on the, to that, on the, sa- on think, the salary the scale is is a, is a yeah. sensible move, and I can see the appointment yeah. of Dean Holden being shrewd, but unpopular.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think there's a whole debate on the impact of uh, COVID on the 2021 season. Um, Mark, i come to you. Jamie Mack going. Not a big surprise because he was Lee Johnson's mate. Agree?
4: Yeah, and... Well, I mean, what 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 did he do? I mean he came in because they wanted Pemberton out, didn't they? Uh, yeah. about two seasons ago. So he was promoted from the under twenty three squad. yeah, but uh, so yeah, I'm not too worried about that, but who do they bring in? But going back to what we talked about <laughs> yeah. with austerity, remember Steve Lansdown's a chartered accountant, chartered accountant. he would have he would have uh, considered a worst case scenario for revenue. Uh, Projected revenue losses. I mean, they're projecting revenue losses for Ashton Gate Limited uh, of was it eight million, which is why they made was it forty of the hundred and thirty-five staff redundant. So they would have made these projections, so that the 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 salary with the new manager would been would been based on, on on projected scenarios and worst case scenarios. Dear me. So I don't. I don't see. I I don't
0: see. I I, I take your point there. I take your point there, Mark. Uh, But, you know, he's not applying the same, I'll call it lockdown on the finances. And I know rugby is cheaper than football, but he doesn't appear to be applying the same lockdown on his rugby uh, thing at the moment. No, no. And that's what I can't understand. That's what I can't understand. He's in a different universe to 99.99% of the people. On this in this country, and his Dave, can I just- to him, yeah, i bring you in. I think his, I think his value of his shares or Hargreaves Lansdown shares went up by about ten percent in
4: the last month. Yeah, so you know. It, yeah, it- what I'm go- what I was going to say is he he he, 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 he would have, he would have done all the calculations already. So I think the austerity thing is a smokescreen completely. Yeah, I that's agree. what I'm trying to say. The money the money was always there. If the money was there for for, for uh, Stephen Gerrard's opposed salary, if we were interested in him, it was there for and It was there for Cook, yeah. Alex Neal. The money's always been there. That hasn't been a problem. It's just been a total cock up. In, yeah. the, in the
0: recruitment process yeah. that's it and ian ian uh, yeah you, you you want to chip in there and we're talking about you know saving money on jamie mccallison and it became a bit broader uh, than that yeah yeah
5: right okay what was uh, your... steve lansdowne recently about three four months ago sold shares in our lansdowne and trousered 168 million quid so he's not short of money If we're going to lose 8 million this year, that would be about 17 million less than we lost the year before. Okay, so we made a profit last year through uh, basically selling all the best players. Uh, We made 10 million uh, as a football club, Bristol City Holguins. And uh, the year before that, I think we lost just under 25 million pounds. Mm. So, now, here's a breaking news story for you. Bristol Bears new eleven point five million training complex funded by by money that clubs received from C V C who bought a minority stake in Premiership rugby. Mm. I'm told part of the deal was that the money had to be spent on infrastructure. So they gave mm. them the money. To build an asset, and we all know what you can do with assets. No, you? you can sell them, and you can capitalise them, and you can finance them. So I, I'm not having this. Oh, it's austerity. And, and the thing to remember is that COVID isn't something that broke out in Bristol. It's it's every single yeah. club has got it. Right, every single club. Which is obviously why Man Man City aren't spending any money. Oh, oh, hang on, wait—they just bought Nathan (laughs) for forty-one million and a guy from Fiorentina for twenty-three million. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that. Oh, and Man United, yeah, they haven't got any money and they're not. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, they want to spend hundred and twenty million or don't want to—is it happens or eighty million on Sancho? Now, this thing about director of football—can I just get this in? I'll shut up. Directors of football are in place at yeah. every major club. Guardiola's got one, Mourinho's got one, Klopp's got one. They're the people who liaise with the board, agree the budgets, agree the salaries, agree the contracts, agree the wages. Now de facto, that's what Mark Ashton is because I don't I don't see Mark Ashton spending an awful lot of time getting involved in. Um, uh, running the accounts department or uh, looking after IT. I don't see it. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. And the thing about Cole's is he's just built a new house up in Ipswich and he's just signed a new contract. So that, for me, I'd be very, very surprised uh, to see Cole, who I know reasonably well, come back.
0: Fair enough. No, that's uh, good. So, um, I mean, it's a couple of people adding some comments in here and some good ones. And I apologise to PBG177 because he's been chipping away on the background. The studio's <laughs> full, but it's uh, it's going away there. He said this is the worst situation he's seen managerial in his fifty years of supporting the club. Another person here is putting a comment uh, HST3057. Uh, he said to me on there that he feels that the COVID argument doesn't stack up. If it was a real concern for Steve Lansdowne he would have appointed Dean Holden the day after sucking LJ and use this as a reason five weeks of names being spouted then going with DH doesn't stack up I mean what's going to happen what's going to happen if um, let's bring Peter back in what's going to happen if um, Dino turns the job down on Monday morning Uh, Dave what do you think
2: um, I don't think i I thought about that. I think he, I think he will accept it. If he if he if he turns it down, then we've suddenly got no one to take training on on Monday other than the the, the performance guys. The guys. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so maybe, maybe Mark Ashton, in his former life as a goalkeeping coach at West Brom for a couple of years, can, can turn his hand hand to that. But no, get I, your boots, I, Dave. I, <laughs> I, I I really think Dean will accept it um and and we'll and we'll move on but yeah Yeah. i think all the all the things that the the, the guys have said are are, 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 you know perfectly you know valid reasons as why we why we've got in this situation dean olden's not the number one choice I, i like the guy um you know both as i've said from from what he's done in those five games but he should never have been the first choice and it just really spells out that we've not handled the the whole recruitment process easy i don't think covid is a is an excuse i, I think you know the, the guys have also said that we knew about covid several months ago we knew that there's going to be some austerity i think the, the, the thing i chip into this conversation is i think there's a, a difference between what the manager's salary is and what the playing budget is and and included in that manage managers salary let's also let's also add in there that you might possibly have had to pay compensation to the likes of Gerard, Gerard for example, or Paul. Killen, yeah, well, and, which and Alex, Alex Neil as well. Alex Neal, whether, whether it's two or three million that really make a difference. Uh, but yeah, you, you, but I think that's separate. And I think that playing budget, I think all of them would have been constrained by it, just like the managers, you know, Lee's been constrained by it in the, in the last few years. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Be, you know, it's against a, a much lower revenue stream. We weren't going to go out there and be non-compliant with FFP. Steve Lansdowne—that's that, not his not his modus no. operandi, is it? You know, he is a man of compliance. That's what he's built his his is on, and and he'll follow it. In fact, he's one of the, the key protagonists, I guess, with people like Steve Gibson in the EFL um, around making sure there is compliance. And I'm pretty sure that's why he put Mark, you know, managed to get Mark Ashton on the board of the EFL so that he can have a direct influence on what's going on. Yeah,
0: Les, do you do you? I mean, do you think it's slam dunk? It's Holden, and they've just delayed the announcement just to let some of the vitriol quieten down a bit, you know. And uh, um, what 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 what's your view? Do you know? Do you think he will oh, be? Well, I
1: mean, yeah, he's going to accept the job, isn't he? Anyone in their right mind is going to accept a job like Bristol City. <laughs> the fact that some big names have put their, hats, their names forward into the act. Uh, suggests so it's a very attractive job and we all know that already because of the stability of the club so in Dean Holden's mind I don't see any way in which he turn the job down uh, and if and for, you know if he did then obviously that then puts Bishop City back in uh, back a month or so will they try and find a new guy probably a lower league manager Ryan Lowe or something like that but yeah that I think even he would
0: drive. have even he would yeah. have been more acceptable yeah. than where we are which is really well, tight on oh, you because know, he's a decent <laughs> you know, bloke isn't
1: he yeah do you know what? I, I've got an apology to make because I was taking the piss out of people on the forum because they mentioned Ryan Lowe, and I said, "There's no chance we'll employ a manager with that with such a little track record, and we've only gone <laughs> even, <laughs> even lesser record than he has." I mean, but no, I think he'll uh, he'll uh, he'll he'll get the job and we we'll accept yeah. it, and let's see how we get on.
0: Mark, do you think do you think they might put a cat of the bag on uh, on um, Monday morning, something that surprises us all, or do you think it's we're just wallowing in a slough of mess, despond or whatever?
4: well, there's there's people on the forum. I think Havana Topia, you know is under the impression that there's going to be a manager appointed over. Over uh, Dean Holden, but now it's it's not going to happen. You've it, just Dean's got to think this through because there is going to be a backlash. And remember, the product's not the same that people have bought. People have bought season tickets, like me, who, who will put up who will put up with it. But there are people who will rightly want a refund. We don't know how many. But uh, I don't know, um, people might be entitled to offer to, to, to ask for refunds because we don't know when we're going to be able to return to Ashton Gate, hopefully October the 1st, but it, it might only be 30% uh, of the stadium that's, that's open. So what do they do? Have an open ballot to, as to who uh, who can attend? But people... We'll, we'll, there will be some people who want refunds, and they'll be entitled to them. And there's going to be a lot of backlash in the media. There's going to be a lot of backlash from fans. And Dean's got to think of that, and his and his family uh, about how that will affect him. Yeah. So you think there's a possibility that if he
0: looks at it in over the weekend, yeah, um, that he he might say he might say no because he said he cut his family holiday short to come back for. The final interview. Do you, I mean, do you think he looks at the forum, uh, Mark? You know, would do be a fool if he did? He'd
4: be a fool he, if he did. Though, he, he, well, he, would, he would be. He would be aware. He would be aware of it. I mean, who wouldn't? But I mean, it, it's a way. There's a there's a simple word for this. Are you making me the patsy for your for your uh, poor, poor recruitment process? Am I got? A, have I got to carry the can? It's easy for me to accept the job. I reckon I can do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have taken on the caretaker role and I wouldn't have applied for the job. Mm. They must have said to him, we're letting you apply for the job because I didn't even think that he would have been in, even in the process at all. But does he want to be the patsy for a, a, a backlash from the fans and a, lot of, a hell of a lot of pressure there's going to be from the start of the season? It's all going to be on him uh, and there's going to be a big turnover of players. He's going to find it hard to attract players, just think yeah. between, you know, there's Chris Houghton and there's Dean Holden and knowing what's gone on the last five weeks, play, play, players that we're that we're trying to attract, will they want to come to, to Bristol City? I don't know. Can he attract them?
0: It does look a mess behind the scenes. Peter, I guess mm. the fact that when the season starts on September the 12th in front of empty stadiums, that is going to help Dean Isn't it because he's not going to have and the board? If it goes wrong, yeah, and the fixtures are out on the 21st of this month. If it goes wrong, the the, the sh- pardon the friend, but my, the shit's going to hit the fan pretty damn quickly. The honeymoon period isn't going to be there. So it's a good thing that it's going to be empty grounds for I'll say it, the foreseeable future.
3: And that's right, David. Uh, The foreseeable future is that we are going to be playing football on the internet and there aren't going to be any fans and there isn't going to be that pressure. Now, just to take a a step backwards, when I said, look, COVID is a a really interesting element uh, that affects the finances of football, I was looking at the game across the whole spectrum. Yes, there are going to be clubs that are going to go out and do really interesting uh, purchases that will be in the end of it, it. unsustainable. And that's why I think the element of Bristol City being able to pick up really good bargains from clubs that have overextended themselves, we're well run. A lot of other clubs aren't and won't have taken the, if you like, the um, the amelioration into account that uh, COVID is going to cause. Ructions all over the league, up and down the leagues. I mean, look what's happened to uh, League One and League Two. They're going into a salary cap. That's a really interesting step, not the one I'm 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 fully engaged with, but yes, to answer your question, he's going to have a period of grace. But the really important thing, which hopefully will go on to your next topic, is what recruitment policies are we going to have for players hitting the ground from Monday afternoon? That's what interests me. Well, that's a
0: that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good point, um, Ian. Uh, on to you, your your view on that that, uh, that that last topic that we've just been uh, we we've just been talking about the um, austerity and players and all that type of thing. What's your view on that?
5: Well, I think everybody, the point I want to make is that everybody's in the same boat Mm -hmm. and not everybody's got multi-billionaire owners. Correct. So uh, I don't think we'll be in any trouble. I don't think we'll lose any more money than we normally lose. And don't forget, the club's had a great deal of revenue from advanced season ticket sales. Now, I think you're right. A lot of people like me um, will be um, asking for a refund a lot of people are saying that they're going to cancel their direct debits when they're paying by direct debit so that's going to be a massive problem for the club how many people that is because i appreciate twitter isn't representative of the vast majority of the fans that you know facebook would probably there's probably more people on facebook and i don't i, I don't don't use facebook so i haven't got that kind of um in, in, you know inside, inside. knowledge uh on on there but you know if it's let's say a couple of thousand people that want to do it uh the club aren't going to like it and they have got a clause that says it's non-refundable however that was before they stopped people actually going to the ground so if, if my view <laughs> yeah. is if the club say well we're not going to refund it then i'll be going to my credit card provider and saying look I, i'm not being given what i paid for um will you sort it out for me and the scenic yep. there. The other thing they've got to be very careful of is goodwill. Because, like most people, um, I'll, I'll be back uh, if the club are successful and get promoted. But I don't want to watch uh, another season or so with the same players, pretty much the same coaching staff, and the same management. Because I, the last two years, I've been incredibly bored with it. So I don't think, I think austerity is a bit of a. Uh, I'm not going to say a red herring, but it's not the driving force. Um, but I think our recruitment process and Steve Lansdowne's ability to recruit and attract quality um, has been exposed and it's utterly so, appalling.
2: Again, just, just again, on that, Ian. Ian yeah. sorry, sorry, Dave. Come on, Dave. Yeah, you jump in. Just, jump in. Just, just on that kind of, you know, linking it back into FFP, the, the, the one positive we've got is that we have built up some contingency in, in terms of FFP, and know, and yeah, some of that might be eroded by lost revenue from from COVID. But I think we are likely to be in a much better position than a lot of those clubs who run it really, really close to the wire and have now got lost revenue off the top of it. And I Correct. Think, you know, you know, Reading. You know, let's, let's not look too in, too in depth at their actual figures, but they are in a bit of a mess. Um, they're trying to hold on to someone like John Swift. Who I think you know has been touted at being going to various clubs for three and a half million. That's an eight to ten million pound player three months ago or six months ago, probably. Yeah, that's now worth you know half third of what he was worth there. So, going back to kind of Peter's point, I think there will be some, some, some rich pickings from some of these clubs as well. And I think you know that that's where we need to focus if we're going to spend money on players is trying to get those ones that are going to be lower in value because of COVID. And 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 in, in our own circumstances with people like perhaps Nicholas Eliasson and from our jeju utilise the European market, which might be a bit more buoyant and might pay slightly higher money than what English clubs will because they're really, really suffering. So you might get more from Fenerbahce or whoever it is who's being touted around at the moment. For fam or nickers than you might do go into an English or British club in Celtic. Yeah. So so I think those are just some of the the dynamics which we'll see play out over the over the coming weeks as the window kind of starts moving. No, in I, really. I
0: think I think you're absolutely right there that we are we are well run. We have you know a, a good financial base. It just strikes me that we're probably a little bit naive sometimes, mm-hmm. and we're well run, but not we haven't got that little bit of nous to. Take advantage of the financial position we find ourselves in because of, because of uh, Mr Lansdowne and 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 all his um, and all his money. And I think, um, I mean, let's just change the subject uh, again. I think if, if you guys on Monday we'll have a people have been uh, knocking in saying how's Ashton going to spin it. Well, we know on Monday, so we'll have another debate on Monday if everybody's up for that. How many people? Changing the subject. How many people read the interview that Lee Johnson did? with uh, henry winter in uh, the sunday times and uh, not the sunday times the times the other day and uh, I, did, did, did anybody read that at all
3: i did They're on a
2: paywall so i haven't seen it yeah, so. yeah I, I just read it. it
0: i mean he's, he's good at his own pr on here and this came out he he had an interview well he, he was interviewed by henry winter up in nantwich i don't know whether he's still got a house up there he says, it feels like a breakup. He's got lots of houses. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a breakup, Johnson says. Your missus has left you, gone off with someone else. Everyone else is having great fun, and it's someone loved me. There's a desire to bounce back, and he will. Johnson is naturally a bullion, full of self-belief, as well as a desire to learn, and he knows you will be in demand. Really? He's already been approached. And he goes on here to say, four and a half years of every minute of every day, all consuming all my energy doing it, going into it. Johnson continues... That is he's overly, totally different off drinking now. Shut that Switch bloody that drill. Bloody sore. Yeah. <laughs> having having been set a target, and top six by Steve Lanz, city were drifting away, blah, blah, blah. Crunch came against Cardiff. I could smell it coming. There's been times where Bristol City could have done it before, and they stood by me, as well as times I could have stayed, but stayed loyal. I feel the mm. timing was natural. It's a long time in the division, a long time at one football club, and probably blah, 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 blah. I knew before the game, that if we haven't won... I'm gone. Mark Ashton, the chief exec, called me into the office directly after the game. It's a bit awkward. Sorry, I'm pretty sure Steve Lansdowne, a good owner, would have wanted to speak to me himself, as you then told me later when we discussed it over the phone. I mean, he's got a lot of front, hasn't he, uh, Ian, Uh, Mr Johnson? Yeah, but you don't see him
5: high in the ranking for any of the jobs in the market at the moment, do you? Well, it, it depends on the manner of his payoff. Um, What clubs normally do now is is they will continue to pay the manager's salary until such time as he finds a new job. Years ago, they just used to give him a lump sum as Gary Johnson got a lump sum when he left. So assuming Steve lands down, and if you're going to start talking about, you know, we need to be careful and austerity and one thing and another, uh, you can't very well do that and then write, Lee a check for 1.5 million in a tax efficient way. Yeah, uh, because yeah. because he awarded him a four-year contract last year when he lost eight games on the bounce. Go figure, as our American friends would say. Um, then it, it's um, it, you don't know if he'll be able to get another job a on that kind of money or be at a high-level club. Um, a point on 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 Dean Holden. Is my, the question I'd ask is, and I asked the same thing when uh, Lee got the job, would he get the same job at a, based on his track record at another championship club? And the answer to that has no. got to be no. Yeah, um, no, I think... Uh... So it, it's... Uh, my, no, I mean, I, I think Lee Johnson was lucky to get the Bristol City job, given his track record, which was... I'll call it bang average and be kind. Um, and I think he's had more financial support in any Bristol City manager in the history of the club. Um, and before somebody pipes up and says, ah, yeah, but you got to, look, he had to sell his best players and look at the money he brought in. First of all, with signing on fees, agents fees and whatever, the best he did was break even. Secondly, you only have to sell your best players because you're unsuccessful, and we were. <clears throat> Three, you can only sell them if they want to go and they couldn't wait. Number four, I don't really care if he's brought in $3 billion in transfer funds. Now, Steve Lansdowne would care. Steve Lansdowne would be delighted in doing backflips up and down Winterstoke Road. But... <laughs> That doesn't matter. I'm worried about we had the fourth most expensive squad in the championship, and those figures are from Deloitte. At market value, the fourth most expensive squad. We had two players on loan who cost a thick end of thirty-three 30 oh million pounds And then we had Emrickson who cost whole four. So I think... He's, he had more than an adequate opportunity at little Bristol City. And it, and it really, I hate this kind of, oh, well, he's gone. So we're now going to do a flip-flop and a new manager gets, you know, what you can raise in a transfer market. I i don't see where we are as a club and where the owner is financially. And as, as justifying that, I just don't think it's, It's right. And I think that's something that Dean Holden might be thinking about.
0: Yeah. A reason why he might not take it. Les, I mean, do you think, Les, do you think Lee Johnson is not as good as he thinks he is? You know, do you think he's going to walk into a job above where Bristol City are now, which is top 10 championship, bottom half of the Prem? Because that's where I think, or do you think he might go abroad? No,
1: No, I, I think, I think he would get snapped up at the lower end of the championship. I mean, it's like a Reading job, a Sheffield Wednesday job, uh, just around the relegation zone or a top-end League one side. I thought he was blessed with the riches that, like has been previously said, no other manager has been given. I thought he was given far more time than he should have done, considering the runs that were going on in the football towards the end of his reign. And my big regret is that Steve Cottrell never got that opportunity with the funds that he did because of... uh, because I uh, was a huge fan of his and what he was doing with that side. I know he came into the championship and we got off to a bad start and we hadn't, didn't get any mem- momentum going. But in terms of the finances, it wasn't comparable to what Lee Johnson got. But no, I think Johnson's a good, solid, lower end championship manager. And I think he'll get snapped up by a side in the next yeah. I don't know, that, six months that, d- year, depending on how his contract works and the payoff.
0: Yeah, d- David, let, let us just talked about Cottrell. Um we, if we look at the managers that have, so say, maybe been in contention, Gerard and Houghton too much money, Alex Neil compensation. Um, do you think Paul, well, Paul Cook, we would all have been happy with, but it gets back to this culture fit. Do you think Paul Cook as a guy was too much like Steve Cottrell in the sense that he's, you know, probably a little bit rough around the edges and he's maybe the closest we came to getting uh off that short list and for whatever reason they said no we don't we don't like him do you think yeah because we'd all been I think we'd all to a person been happy with Paul Cook but Dave do yeah. you think it's that fit you know because Paul Cook probably would have bought into having to inherit the coaching setup this fit is important isn't it now, never never mind not talking about the structure I'm just talking about the personality and Paul Cook strikes you as a bit of a Bit of a bit of a bruiser sort of
2: guy, yeah. Call a spade a spade. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think you know he's been on my kind of watch list for for a number of years. More more probably so in the last couple of years, as Johnson has had his moments in, in, in charge. And I thought we might might put perhaps look to to replace. So he's been right up there. Yeah, he's a straight talking, principled manager. You know, and and I think we've seen some of those principles come out in the way he's dealt with. The, the circumstances at Wigan Athletic, which I would have thought, if you forget, you know, just dismiss perhaps some of the, the kind of brashness of the way he talked, you'd have thought that would have been exactly the right DNA to use that that, that three letter acronym that, that Steve Lansdowne would like. He's got a great record of recruiting players for lower fees, um, you know, finding players that, you know, Let's, let's take the couple of Everton guys that he, he, he plucked in, in Joe Williams and, and Anthony Robinson, who've come in and looked really good. So he's picked them up on, on lowish fees, but, you know, grown their value significantly. The only reason, you know, People are talking like Joe Williams only going for two and a half million is because of, of Wigan's Wigan's circumstances. In a normal market, he'd be much higher than that. Robinson was talking. Was it was it Milan back in January for ten million? So yeah, uh, I, I think there are lots of things that you would have thought Lansdane would have really liked about him, you know, and to and to not go for someone like that because of the he's perhaps a yeah. bit too straight talk. Curious, uh, curious it's Curious. Yeah. You know, Curiouser and Curious. Yeah. To me, to me, Dave, oh, can exactly I just exactly the same reasons? Sorry, let me just finish yes. this, and then you, by Yeah, and I think, to, I think it's it, it smacks exactly the same reasons as why Hutton hasn't come in. It's because they won't accept the lack of control or the lack mm. of people alongside them to to deliver the expectations that Steve Lansdowne has. Sorry. Ian.
5: Yeah, it was just that the tweet I read earlier earlier on about the Bristol Bears training gown was from Alistair Durden at the BBC and it looks like he's deleted it. Interesting. So that's, that's, that's quite interesting, yeah. isn't it? No, i, just, sorry, I didn't me, on. You know,
0: that's all right. Peter, if i saying... This has been our longest podcast, which is great. It's our double number of people in the studio. So thanks to all those that have uh, been listening. We will do one on Monday when this story spins out, literally with the spin, because it's going to be interested uh, to see how the powers that be at the club package that. Are we going to get a new kit launch on Monday? I think maybe we've had that. Are we going to, what, what are they going to say? But let's, let's take, I'll go to Peter. Who's going to read the eulogy? <laughs> uh, P- Peter's been quiet in the background there. Peter, <laughs> How did you feel when you saw the picture? And I'll ask this of everybody when you saw the picture of Joe Bryan and Bobby Reid with uh Scott Parker in the middle, but holding the how how did you feel about that? Did you feel pleased for them and disappointed as a city fan? Peter, over uh, you, you go first on that one, and it'll be our last question, yeah, because we want to wrap it up, okay. Up.
3: OK, great question. Uh, and that really sums up the progression of supporting city over goodness knows how many decades that I've done. It was fabulous to see Bristol players, Bristol born, Bristol Academy players reaching those heights. Again, great, great sorrow thinking that that could have been us. Had we managed to harness them under a better manager no. and perhaps uh, a, a, a more uh, forward thinking regime. But you know, football turns on the spin of a coin. The ball is round, it can go anywhere, as the Germans say. So I was both absolutely delighted for Joe Bryan, a Backwell boy, and sorrowful. Yeah, Les,
0: how did you feel when you saw that? And the and the game, I mean, I thought Joe had a good game and he does on the big occasion, Bobby Reid, less so. But how did you feel when you saw that picture? Can I, can that
1: can I, just, can, can I just very, 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 very quickly just go back to what uh, was said about Paul Cook and Hewton. There's a lot of assumptions here that they don't want to work within our system and within the remit they're given. It wouldn't actually surprise me if someone like Paul Cook would be willing to make quite a lot of sacrifices to manage Bristol City in terms of what he's used to. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was actually the club who just turned them down for Mark Holden. In terms of Bobby Reid and Joe Bryden I'm, I'm not really that interested, to be honest with you. They're yeah. good players. I'm really pleased that they've gone on to do great things, but we've got our own things to worry about rather than worry about Fulham. Too true. Mark, I mean, you're
0: a regular fan like all of us I reckon the five of us between us or is it six of us in the room I think we probably got not far short of 300 years supporting the city between us but <laughs> it was a it, was a, it and, and you know we don't speak for we don't speak for the majority we don't claim to do that but you know it was a bitter pill watching those two doing that yeah that, that picture
4: summed it up didn't it really Joe Joe jo said um start of Extra Time, he looked at Bobby and said, we've been playing together since we, we were eight years old. and Now we've got 30 minutes to do it. And um, you recall that second goal, and it reminded me of the goal he scored against Man United where he moved yeah. from his own half, and the bravery of a player, to express himself, move from his own half, go up the pitch and take a one-two from Mitrovic. I yeah. mean... We're just not seeing that bravery and and and, and uh, players expressing themselves. And you know, under last two or three years, we just don't see that enough. Players who are prepared to do that to make those to make those runs. And I thought it was wonderful for him. And somebody posted a picture of Twitter of him in a, in a black away kit from the the Gary Johnson era of him and. Uh, and and uh, and Bobby with a very questionable haircut, but it was just <laughs> wonderful. I was so yeah. <laughs> I was so I was so proud of them, these Bristolians. But yeah, so disappointed should that we us. couldn't have kept it. Should have, yeah, it could have been us, but maybe for the Wolves game. But they wanted to go on to better things. We can offer them that. So fair play to them. They wanted to go on to better things, and they have. And Fev, good luck to them in the Premier League.
0: Fevs, you saw the picture as we all did. Same view from you.
2: Bit bittersweet. Yeah, I didn't see the game. Um, I sort of saw the goals out afterwards, and and yeah, what what the guys have just just said exactly exactly the same. You know, two kind of model pros as well. And I think you know, if if anything, you know, forgetting us as fans is a is a good example for the for the young kids that are coming through at, at Bristol City in terms of this is what you can achieve, whether it's with us or not. That's that's. that's
0: and and as, a, as a, yeah, and and finally, Ian. That's what they used to say on the Esther Ranson show back in the sixties. And finally, Ian. Yeah, did you feel... <laughs> we replaced the with a talking dog, talk, though? That's what I want to know.
4: <laughs> Sausages.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't realise you were that old, Mark. Uh, Ian, did you, did you... Were you a bit like Les, that you thought, Who well, was? I used to play for us, but I'm not bothered. Now, were you... Yeah, how did you feel seeing that picture of the, the two Bristol boys
5: well, in, it's uh, great. at Wembley uh, with that title
0: uh, on, on Wednesday night? Yeah,
5: it's, it's great. And I, I, I actually... Um, Watch the extra time um, portion of the game, and I'll make a prediction. If if England uh, Southgate decides he's going to go with wing backs, I don't think Joe will be far away if he has a half decent season in the Prem, because mm. uh, he's got, got he's got goals in him, um, mm. and he's one of the best left backs we've had. I would say there have been better defensive left backs. Martin Scott was probably the best in my opinion, yeah. mm. and I would say Mickey Bell, Darren Barnard may have edged it going mm. forward. But we've had some great left yeah. backs and some great... Yeah. And so good luck to him. And, and Guys! Joe. Guys,
0: it's so been... So good luck a, to them both. Yeah, guys, it's been a pleasure, as always. Let's, uh, as they say, let's go again on uh, Monday, <laughs> if you're there. I'll send that a <laughs> yeah, relevant I believe he link. said that. I think the no, I is... I, mean, really... the people just, I think the... Just cancel a bit of opinion In here. 6.30 or 7 o'clock for live. What suits? What's best? Six, uh, three, so when seven. you to do it, Dave? Seven. 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 We'd, go for, we'd go for seven, all right? Yeah, because yeah, they must have got the press release and everything out by then. Seven o'clock Monday. That's Thanks to Fev's, Greenan, Les, Ian, Peter, all the people that joined in. Woody, Jill, you I'll, I'll, say, I'll try and... If you want to DM me on the o we'll try and get you in uh, next time. But it's been really, really great. I think it's been sensible. Nobody's said anything been silly. Uh, it's, um, you know, we are where we are. We wish... We do wish. Dean Holden, the best. If he accepts, yeah, he's. As somebody said in here, can he? Is he going to be the patsy? I think. Uh, this is my view. He's going to do it, and then I think it might go a bit wrong. And if Ashley Williams is on the coaching staff, Ashley Williams will take over. And 2021 season is a write-off. And we can expand more on that next time or the time after next. Guys, thanks ever so much for your contribution. It's been good. All Thank right? you. All right. Cheers. 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 God bless and,
5: and stop stop that saw as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's husband, Sorry. It's, it's, that, that, it's
0: that, that. Mark's wife cutting up the wardrobe. Really it's that green and doing that. Catch oh, you yeah. later, guys. Have a good afternoon. Bye. Thank M- you. Bye. Yeah. Bye bye. Mark's cut his wife off his leg. Bye.
1: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you're still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating in restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery and times supply. See
2: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered
0: by fans.